Hey there, Sean. Hey, Pierce. How's it going? It's pretty okay. Well, that means it's time for another episode of the It's Pretty Okay podcast. Let's do it. Let's go. So before before we get started with our, our main topic today, uh, I, I would like to uh, reference something that Pierce that you wrote for the site last week. Yeah, uh, you you wrote a story about uh, your experience with La La Land, and and specifically, mm-hmm. I, I hate to spoil it, um, but the crux of your your writing is that you realized that Emma Stone was holding a Mountain Dew in a scene yes and and you had many thoughts about that uh yes (laughs) no i really just had one which is that it's ridiculous but (laughs) that makes her even better right the the fact that she yeah uh so as we talked about that uh I, i found myself inspired to do something i hadn't done in a very long time which was uh to drink a mountain dew um I the only the only kind I had available to me at my office uh, at the time was a Diet Mountain Dew. Um, uh, sure, why which, not? Uh, let me just say it was fucking terrible. It was so bad. Hmm. Uh, I can't uh, imagine for you know, and maybe it's just that it was diet, but for regular Mountain Dew to be like a passable and good soft drink, it would have to be so much better. And I don't, I don't think the margin could possibly be that good. Um, yeah, I, I, does the subway consultant? He's yeah, he was a big. We we, we of do Dew. we have some friends whose blood is like six percent Mountain Dew. Yeah, and I don't know how they do it. Um, yeah, it, there's a there's actually the BMC, which is the blood Mountain Dew content. Uh, you gotta wait. That that should be checked. Like someone, someone's like driving seventy five. It's like, well, they're clearly not drunk because they're really in that lane. They're going very straight <laughs> and very fast. We need to check that BMC. Right. Um. Well, yeah. I'm. I'm. I'm not glad that you tried it, but I'm <laughs> glad that you can assert that that just should be something that's it, not. It was really consumed. bad, and people probably shouldn't drink that. Do. Um, well, uh, yeah. So, <laughs> so we should what maybe it, get to a real topic now. Yeah. So while you were drinking Diet Mountain Dew, I had a meeting this week for a group that I'm involved in that I'm not going to spend time here on. But um, we had this meeting at a local place that was easy to get to that had parking. Parking very important in Arlington. Is um, it a coffee shop? Uh, no. It's somewhere that you could go and not potentially feel like, oh, maybe I should buy something. It was free. Open to everyone. Oh, McDonald's. Oh, McDonald's. Well, what? you should probably buy something if you're in McDonald's. Yeah, like four McDoubles? Uh, yeah, unless you're shooting documentary video of some jackass eating four McDoubles. Um, no, so we actually had a meeting in – they had some meeting rooms there. Oh, and, was it a hotel? Uh, no, it wasn't It wasn't a hotel. Again, I think you have to pay – I think you have to pay to use rooms at a hotel. This you just had to book ahead of time. Um, and it was inside. It was not the public basketball court or the public park. It was, though, the public library. Ah, oh, there we go. The public library. Yeah, it even had a whiteboard. I can't even say that for the the 
building in which I work, my client site. They usually don't have whiteboards, what? or they're from like. Who doesn't have well, a they... whiteboard? I have a white. I'm looking at a whiteboard in my house right now. Okay. Uh, keep in mind that my client site is uh, the. the... <laughs> no, so it's some sort. Place... Of, it's some sort of government building. Yes, you know, trying to keep costs low, so solid, we can't just right, have solid point. Yeah, but uh, so yeah, this week I wanted to talk about libraries because cool. I think that they are awesome. But it's 2017, and I'm somewhat alone in this thought. I think. Um, yeah, I don't know if you're alone. I, I mean, I I think libraries are, are swell places, um, but. Uh, this is also brought on somewhat by, I, I think I found uh, an old uh, Atlantic article from 2014 uh, about the Metropolitan Library in Columbus, Ohio. And they used their Facebook page to conduct a little experiment. Um, and, and, and we'll link to this on the, on the site, on the, on the page for this episode. Yeah. Um, but their so their premise was they asked uh, their Facebook followers for ten words, uh, five to describe um, the library uh, of their youth, and five to describe the library of say twenty years from now. And they put them together into word clouds, uh, which are a thing that I know I I didn't know I missed in my life, but apparently I kind of missed them in my life. Really? Uh, yeah. Visual, what do they call that? Data visualization? <laughs> the, the most data. useless data visualization. Exactly. I mean, it's really nice for presentations. It's like, this is this is what you think of the you world. Know, really, I think what it is is that seeing, seeing a word cloud uh, reminds me that someone got paid to create that word cloud. And if you can get paid to make word clouds, like, I can, I can survive in the 2017 economy. <laughs> I think that's why I like them. Um, anyway, the the word cloud uh, describing the library of the youth, it, you know, the biggest word obviously is books. You know, things like research and, and reading and, and quiet. <laughs> because I think, yeah. like me, a lot of people have memories of being forcefully shushed by a librarian. Um, or, or you've created those memories because that's like the that's the way libraries are presented. I think in popular culture. Oh a lot no, too. I have I have a very vivid memory of being in high school and uh, going to return a book that was uh, I think it was probably like already it was either the day that it was due before I started uh, incurring late fees or it was maybe one day in. Um, and, and the library at my school had two rooms. One one was kind of a you know uh, the awkward middle space where like some talking is allowed for group project type stuff and then another room that's meant to be like the dead silent room yeah and that was i i was entering through the dead silent room and like a hinge squeaked i swear to god a hinge on the door squeaked and i was given such an angry death starey look by the librarian that was working that day that I said, fuck it, I'm going to pay more late fees. Like, I don't feel like dealing with this right now. Um, for a door hinge. Yeah. Uh, so I, I'm not making this up. Um, yeah. 
and I even think that 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 representation of the old school library and just like what the librarian does, that's one of those things that when I go to Central Library, for instance, which is the the one that I was at the other day, librarians as like guardians of the library versus now, I think they're more they're there to help you and be like Mm -hmm. you know what are you looking for and And i think they've always been like that but now it's more like oh you might be here looking to take a class or um you know these are the some of the programs that are going on uh let me help you with internet research i think that Mm -hmm. those those word what are we calling them word clouds clouds yes yeah word clouds I, i think that that's what really shows and the columbus example was was really a great example of some of the the enhancements they're trying to make. Yeah. So, so now we'll, I guess we'll get to the, the word cloud of uh, what people think, how people think libraries are going to function 20 years from now. Uh, And this sort of fits into another thing, Pierce, that you wrote uh, last year, maybe. Yeah. uh, Thereabouts uh, that we might also try to, to get up onto the site. Um, yeah, well, you know, it's very heavy because it has fucking eight trillion words in it. Um, so, so, hey, you know what? I don't think so because it's not you writing about how to make pour over coffee or roasted. Chicken. That's 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 true. That's Speaking just, of, we need to correct. we need to get another we need to get another batch of recipes up. Uh, uh, okay, but that's I'll, not I'll we of... we don't need to use the podcast for for content okay. planning. Yeah. Um, yeah. So so the words that take up the most space in the future word cloud are words like technology, information, research, access. But there's one, the, the real key, the linchpin, the biggest word in the cloud is community. Yeah. And, um, and this, I think, is the crux of what of what you're talking about here, Pierce. Yeah. So I... So... Before before we started, we kind of talked about how we use the library. I go a lot more than than both of you, which is which is fine. Yes. Um, and I see the the promise in it, and I have actually looked before to try to volunteer at the library. There aren't things that were readily like made for me to go get involved, and maybe it's one of those where I have to make it for myself. But the thing about the library is, both of you mentioned having to show your IDs to get a library card. Yeah, you could go into the library and you could read while you're there. I think you could use the computers and might be library to library different policies. Yeah, I know. I know that my experience with the Jefferson Madison Regional Libraries in Charlottesville was that I you can't use the you can't use the computers unless you're like a, a member. Um, but but yeah, you you could. I could have before I had a library card. I could have walked in and and sat down at a table and and read books. There's the problem, though. The problem with that is that um, the hours of libraries are not necessarily great for working folk, at least during the week. Yeah. Um, so that's... I, I'm, I'm routinely surprised, even though I, I know the hours by now, that, that the library is closed at 5. Um, yeah. So I will say that Arlington is particularly good about that. Um, the libraries I go to, uh, especially the central one, which is larger, mm-hmm. um, they're open till nine most days. I oh, think Friday awesome. is the only that only day. Yeah, and that's that's a thing. And you know, I mentioned showing the ID to get access to get a card. And you and I will contend the library is is one of the 
I think it's the only civic institution where you can go for free. Everyone can go, and everyone can get something out of it, regardless of age. Okay, you know what? I'm actually I'm wrong. I'm looking at the weekend hours. On the weekend, mm-hmm. it's open till five on Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. So I've been approaching this all wrong. I, my library is open until nine Monday through Thursday. I'm now sure I would I would start I would argue, this. I would argue that approaching it wrong is kind of the where where us as people kind of we approach the library wrong. I mean mm-hmm. it is open that late, um, but the thing is is you know maybe you have to show an ID and show that you live there to get a library card. But what I think that does, and I think is actually a, you know opens the door for it to be even more powerful, is it it shows a preference for that immediate community it's like yeah this is where people of all ages of this particular community can come get an education um or or just rent movies which i've done there or do a computer class or, you know whatever the case may be. have a meeting with yeah, another I that's group true. i mean yeah yeah i you know and and maybe i i think that in terms of approaching it wrong like i am probably too I'm still too caught up on my uh, the way that libraries figured into my life when I was 10, 12. Um and, and so that I I still I still think of a library in that sort of old school perspective where like it's a place to check out books and I usually just I wind up the one I've checked out books from my local library one time and I just I got too ambitious and I checked out multiple books at a time and like I didn't I didn't finish any of them um even after renewing I just you know I I, I kind of felt bad about it um yeah and and now just you know as a as an adult with steady income I, I'm not like I, I'm not reliant on the library for my ability to get books on a more frequent basis. Like when I was, you know, in elementary school, we, you know, buy books, but you buy books, I don't know, a couple times a year. Um, you know, you get like a Barnes and Noble gift card for Christmas or your birthday or something. Um, or, or, you know, when you were going back to school, you'd, you'd buy, buy the, you know, the books you needed for English class and, and whatnot. But now I'm just like between having, disposable income that I can use on books and, and frequently do having Amazon, which we've talked about before having, yeah. you know, having e- e-readers, the, you know, the ability to get books in electronic format. Um, you know, if you're still, if you're still approaching the library from a, a books focused place, then the need for the library in your life is perhaps less now than it was at a different stage in your life. But you make a good point that it, it's now, it's a hub for, for, you know, for learning, for community activities. And it kind of turns the spot, you know, turns the spotlight on me. And, and it's making me think about whether I've, I've really been sort of, an active enough participant in my local community. And I think in a lot of ways I'm not. Um, yeah. And maybe, I, I, maybe the library, maybe hanging around there and seeing what's going on uh, around there and, and talking to people, maybe that is a, a good way for me to get more involved. 
Well, Max, how many times have you been to the... I mean, I remember showing you where the library was, and it was two blocks from where you lived, maybe? It was pretty close. Yeah, it's probably three or four... It's probably three or four blocks from my office. Um, I've been a handful of times. What about you, Max? You've you've been because you had to get a library card. No, I got the library card with you at the Westover branch. Oh, that's right. Okay, well, so... So I think that you 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 both kind of have happened upon an important thing, which is that we we were conditioned to think of the library as this really this this shelving with someone watching it for free books for a period of time until you you know you don't return it and then they're no longer free. They've always been a space for community meetings, mm-hmm. um, those kind of activities, but I really do think what has You've always been able to get like music, and I think for for a lot of libraries, uh, movies as well. Um, but I do think that computers have really changed that because if you think of libraries in the way that I think they are at universities, for example, they're mm-hmm. places for research. Yeah, and and now it's like the computer is there, and it becomes a a different resource. I mean, Max, did you like when you were going to school growing up? Like, did you like did you go to the library and was it separate from computer classes? I mean like in school, like did they, I know that I had that where we had like computer classes, like once every blue moon. And then we also would go to the library, but they weren't connected. Yeah. Those were separate. Yeah. And I think that, I don't know, maybe it was the time when we were growing up, but now those need to be kind of as one, I think. Because well, we did our research in the library. We did. In the computer lab in the library. Okay. Well, that's... In high that, school, at yeah. least. Oh, yeah. And I think that's 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 good. And then in college, everyone has their own laptops in there, so everyone has their laptop at the library. Yeah. Um, have, not that I spent a terrible amount of time in the library in college. That's true. You also weren't reading books in college, like, for... Not the types of books that people read. Not, not the types that are going to be in library and, you know getting five and like putting something together uh, you know in some ways um in some ways i feel that um oops uh some ways i feel like you know maybe we were like at the point where those things were changing such that you know i i think that they were com- like computers were coming into the library like and you know i didn't i mean i guess i had a laptop before college but it wasn't a big thing so i you know now i, I wonder if it's different but that's i think that's kind of why the you know this this looking at the library for now is probably pretty important because it's like let me reintroduce you to what the idea of the library is mhm yeah i think that i think we got to find the, the new value in it for us, you know, cause you made a good point that th- those things were always happening at the library, but I didn't yeah. know about community meetings when I was eight. Uh, my, no. you know, my memory of the library from when I was a little kid is, you know, o- over the summer they would do my, at least my local library would do like, you know, they would sort of frame oh, the it as reading contests. challenge. But it was yeah. like, it was really like a, you know, just incentives to get kids to read outside of school. Um, so I remember reading, you know, I, I, I remember reading like Matt, you know, all these Matt Christopher sports uh, 
novels for for kids uh over the summer Uh, well see i i think that you've hit on something really important there which is that was something that the library facilitated but then you went and did on your own outside of the library what it really should do is back at the end of the summer and, and there was sort of like a you know there was an event around that where you sure, and that's... Like show off your your reading list and and, and all that <laughs> stuff. And um, I think that's good, but it doesn't it doesn't like uh, it doesn't necessitate you to have constant interaction with the library and the other people reading. That's and that's fine. That and that's fine. But it's like I, I know that at the um, Cherrydale branch of the library, which is near me, and it was essentially in what looks like a house from very like mid-century modern kind of house and it, it's funny going in there but they have a a book club i saw it one time and it was they had it at the library and it was like the commuter book club and they read things that were slightly related to commuting and then they'd meet in the library and talk about the stuff which they probably read during their commute and i mean i appreciate that and that makes you come back to the library to to do stuff i don't i don't know did you i thought you were recognizing a point there max i mean i think it's I think it's interesting that you're really separating the um, the idea of just getting content from the library, which is kind of the direction a lot of people, like you're saying, a lot of people think of it that way, but we mm-hmm. have so many more avenues now to get. I don't need to go to the library to get a movie. I have mm-hmm. Netflix, and I have Amazon, and I have a little button I can push whenever I'm low on books, and the new books show up and all that stuff. Yeah. But I think the collaboration is an important point, and, and one thing I've noticed for me that, that is good is I'm starting to kind of exchange more books with friends. Mm. And I think that that's kind of taken over some of the duties of, of getting books from the library. And obviously you get books as gifts and, and things like that. Um, but I would love to rediscover what I would say is the, the, the modern library and, and what position it can take in a community, especially in a place like Arlington where a sense of community can be lacking. There, it's not. It is not just a warehouse. It, it's not like how Netflix was originally, where you're like, I would like this movie, please deliver it to me, and you have an on, you have a queue, an ongoing queue. This is a place that specifically you can meet at. They, you have to go there. Um, I know right now at the Central Library they've got a kind of education on food waste. You know, it's right when you enter, and also to go along with all the flyers and everything for, and you can get, you know, learn about stuff that's going on in the community. Uh, so, okay. Um, so I, I, I think that, you know, this place that has really, uh, you know, access for everyone, you know, it should be used as a place to go for tutoring or, or whatever the case may be. Um, so I find it, I don't know, I find it kind of, you know, too bad that people don't, don't spend more time there. Yeah. Sure. And then I so I have a question for you guys, and maybe you're you're unfamiliar with these, but if you're familiar with the the little free libraries, um, and if you're not, I'll just explain them as these little kind of they almost look like giant birdhouses that people have placed around. Usually they volunteer to put them in their front lawn, and then they fill them with books, and it's just kind of a place where people can put their old books, and you can just walk by and grab one and return it as you will. And they, they have a bunch around Arlington, and I think I've seen some in, in New Report as well. So it seems to be a fairly large phenomenon um have you seen this and what what do you what do you think of it i I think it's you know i think it supports the community in the sense of uh you know let's have a place where you can go get books but it really and i like the idea i looked into getting one at one point realized I, i couldn't but um there's one not very far from me but i think it 
I think it supports the problem I see, which is viewing the library as a book warehouse. And I like the idea of community interaction, um, but it only gives you a little bit, you know, you're not going to have a class in front of that. It's not a, you can't yeah. meet there for a book club. No, I think if I saw someone at it, I would, I would actually avoid it until they were finished. It feels very yeah. kind of solitary. Um, yeah, so, I, I mean, that's, that, you know, the, the other thing is we mentioned Amazon and, and buying books are, are, you know, and the like, um, but it, the, the thing I like about the library is I can go there and try a book, and if I don't like it, I don't have to have bought it, like, I'll have avoided that. It is something that I really want, I can also get it for free there, and, you know, as we've discussed before, talking about bookshelves and the like, I enjoy having, like, this is what I read and being able to reference it and share it with friends or whatever. Um, but, you know, the library, you also go and you can discover things. When you're on Amazon, it's it's harder to discover, like, it'll give you related stuff or people also bought. But there's something, I think, more enjoyable uh, about even when you go to the library and you're like, why don't they have any of this author? That seems ridiculous to me. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I don't, I don't know. I'm... I'm very pro library in the same way that I'm, you know, I like music streaming because it allows you to try something, and then if you like it, find a find a way to support that that artist. Um, so free samples are a wonderful thing. Free samples are good. That's why people like Costco. <laughs> it's not the only reason I like Costco, but yeah, I, I think the the point is well taken. You know, and the other the other thing is that, you know, you can get. You know, people also bought on Amazon, but you go to a library and you can talk to a librarian and, and say, you know, this is a thing that I like. This is an author that I like. Can you can you recommend some other stuff? And and you can get that sort of at a local bookstore too. Uh, but just the idea of having a person on the facility that you can speak to that that's there to help. You know, I think that's another another nice thing about it. Yeah, and I don't I don't know that we've answered the question of like how do we make libraries better, but I think what what I have learned is the way that I recondition myself in thinking of libraries is by going to the library. If your library sucks, your library sucks. Right. Um, if it doesn't, you know, if it doesn't have whatever uh, whatever you're looking for, but if it's a good library, you will realize that when you're in there, and you'll be like, oh. I'm so glad that my community has this. And in my case, how can I use it better? And I and I think I am, but I can I still want to do better with it. So Um yeah, so I mean I I guess uh I don't know, are are you going to actually go to the library now, Max? I I think I should. I think I I think I will. Yeah. Um check it out. Sean, I guess you will continue to support your Barnes and Noble habit. I will. I will probably ultimately continue to support my Barnes and Noble habit, but I, I'm going to try to. Uh, I'm going to at least try to get to the library more as well. Good. Um, yeah. So that's that's libraries. Libraries, indeed. All right. It's time now, once again, for that magical segment called Pierce's Sorry. What are you apologizing for this week? Okay, so this in some ways has to do with the theme um, of today's. 
so I grew up in this D.C. area, going to a lot of sporting events. My family had um, season tickets to uh, Caps games back in the day. Um, I had season tickets last year for Wizards games, as we've discussed before on the podcast. Um, so in all that all that going to games and going to Nats games, too, well, not so much Nat games, and now I know why, um, at that last, I guess you'd call it stanza of the National Anthem, everyone in this area says the, the O very loudly. Um, I don't know if you've noticed this, but... That last O, everyone says it, and you can hear it throughout the arena. I never thought of anything of it. Um, until last year, I like looked it up, and I think it was when um, kind of the baseball playoffs were coming, coming about. Uh, not this past year, but the year before, actually. And I realized, and um, what I'm apologizing for this week is not doing my research, because it's important to do your research, whether it's in the library or in a book or, or online or in message boards or whatever. But the O, the reason people do the O, it started in Baltimore for the Orioles, and I hate the Orioles. So I apologize for not doing my research into traditions and not getting that I was honoring the Orioles the whole time I was doing that. So... Do your research. <laughs> do, 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 do what I say. Don't do as I do, basically. Yep. Um, so that was bad. Um, Sean, do you have a big idea from pop culture? I know you do, but I'll, I'll ask anyways. I, I actually do. Um, I think we'll, we'll close the show this week with uh, a thing that happened on Friday that made me really angry. Um, as we have discussed before... Uh, I hate, uh, and I don't. I don't use this lightly. I I hate ESPN sports business reporter Darren Ravel. Um, oh, do you? Oh, I do. He is a a walking, breathing embodiment of uh, the concept of a personal brand. Um, he's and, he's very consistent. Me, it makes me quite upset. Uh, and he hit what I think is kind of a new low point, certainly in my eyes, on Friday, uh, when he, he Darren Ravel, an alumnus of the Northwestern University uh, Journalism School, I believe, tweeted that the Chicago Sun-Times is using a wire story, like from AP or something, on, on a Northwestern basketball home game. Here's an idea. Ask a student, they'll write for free. Which is just... Uh, I don't even have... We don't really have enough time for me to go into all of the things that I hate about this. Um, but, you know, the idea... The idea that you would just, you know, tell, you know ask a student they'll write for free like maybe you know i wrote for uva newspaper we we wrote for wahoowire.com uh back in the day and we did that for no pay but that was an extracurricular activity you know as part of a student organization yeah you know if we had been farming stories out to the daily progress we would have expected money for that shit because not even just farming time and your work in time you, just, you teach a bad lesson 
and, and he he doubled down. Somebody responded to him and said, don't advise kids to work for free. And instead of saying, oh, yeah, actually, I probably shouldn't have done that because advising people that working for free is a good idea is a horrible thing. He tripled down and said, most kids that don't work for free at some point get nowhere. So uh, you know I, what? Love a, I love a good Fuck generalization. Yeah. Because, um, no, that's not how that works. You don't it's, working for free isn't what gets you places. It gets you rooted into the, you know, into the concept that your work and your time is worth nothing. And it sends a signal to other companies. It sends a signal to the industry that the time and, and the work of young people is worth nothing. And that's an awful thing that we should never perpetuate. And Darren Vell can go fuck himself. And because of that, I tweeted more on Friday than I have in the last, I don't know, four months combined outside of tweeting links to our podcast. Um, and just any time somebody said something to the vague effect of don't advise kids to write for free, I, like, you know, I put a snarky response on it and, and directed it at him. Um, you know, Shay, Shay Serrano, who I love, uh, said that uh, um, his position now is the same it's been and has always and always will be. Fuck that bullshit. And and my my response was that was said in nice simple terms so that Darren Ravel can understand. Um, but my my favorite my favorite response to this, which I think is the one that sums up the the point of view that I just expressed regarding like student organizations. Um, Will Leach, who started Deadspin, uh, said, the rule is simple. You write for yourself and to get better for free. You don't write for companies for free. And that's exactly right. Companies are going to profit off of that content, so they should pay the people who produce the goddamn content. Now, Period what you're... T- I, don't, I think there's now- no exception to this. Now, what you're telling me there is that if someone makes a profit off of you, you should get some of that profit. Are, are we going to work a sneaky NCAA take into this? Because, yeah, absolutely. Oh, because we're talking about goddamn Darren Ravel, yeah. and he worships no, yeah. at the altar of the the the, the amateur just, the, the amateur athlete. Oh, yes, the the amateur athlete who makes money for someone so so greatly. Yeah, and you know these universities, and then they cannot give them anything and he will say oh well the the education is worth it they're doing a job outside of their education and they're not just doing that they're also working for the school in the capacity of being an athlete and helping them make money um you know i don't have a solution for that but that is glaringly terrible yeah and and you've said before i've expressed this general anti-ravel sentiment before and you responded by saying yeah he sucks but he's the hero we deserve and you yes. know what? No. No. He's not the hero we deserve because no one deserves him. Fuck that. Darren oh, is the worst. And I hope he lis- I hope he sends some sort of snarky brand focused response to me. I know he won't do it, but you know. Well, you know what? You know what Darren Ravel part of me hopes that Darren hear this. hears this and you know. We're we're has to start we <laughs> about it's how you build your brand. I'm like, well, but you can you can still pay me for my work. Maybe ESPN, you know, maybe ESPN just shouldn't pay you. Maybe you should, you know, they'll they'll get their wire reports about who who has the highest selling jersey. Um, why don't they just do that? 
Yeah. Then they then it doesn't it doesn't get sprinkled with ass clown. So that's nice. <laughs> All right. I, I feel like I've maybe been on enough of an anti Ravel rant. Uh, we should probably call it quits. For, yeah, he's for the week. he's honestly not he's not worth your time. There are other no. things to get angry about this week. Yes, that that is true. That's a that's a fair point. All right. Well, that's the end of the show. You can find us on Facebook and Twitter at Pretty Okay Pod. Tell us what you think about libraries. Uh, tell me how you feel about Darren Ravel. Uh, you can get this episode of our podcast as well as any other episode of our podcast on iTunes, or you can head to our website, prettyokpod.com, and get not just the pod, but uh, the writing that Pierce has been doing. Uh, you can read Link's Travaganzas if you want uh, some other things to read from around the internet. You get Ian Wood's music writing. Uh, he's really finding a groove here. Um, and, and we'll... <laughs> groove. Yep, that's right. Uh, and I'll, I will make sure that I link to the Atlantic piece on the Columbus Library on this particular episode's page. Oh, and, and something too, uh, you know, we did talk about this. What, what, you know, I, I think with our site, we are looking for more content and people to join in. We're okay with anyone and everyone. Yeah, Just please. like libraries. Let it, let anyone and everyone. Let us know. If, All are welcome. If you have a show topic, if you want to contribute something, uh, you probably already know how to find us, but you could also send the show an email at it's pretty okay at gmail.com. Max? Well, if you write something, we, we may or may not pay you. We are not a corporation. We're not profiting. Um, I, I don't... I have certainly seen no checks uh, for what we've been doing for the last year or so. Um, so I feel like I've offered to make people food before. That that offer still stands. That's, that, there you go. If you write yeah. something for us, Pierce will make you food. Yeah, but... I think yeah. we can say all that. all are all are welcome um, because we're we're down with that. Yeah, why not? Um, yeah. Anyway, we will be back again next week to talk about something else. And I think at that point, I don't want to you know I don't want to spoil the surprise, but I think that will be uh, we will have reached one full calendar year as an entity Whoa. by then. I know, right? Um. So Max we, is pondering. He looks like a he, he looks like a Rodan right now. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, uh, the two of us and and Monsieur Rodan over there will be back again next week. Until then, I'm Sean. I'm Pierce. I'm Max. Thanks for listening. Bye. Ah.